perspective, we know that we need to bring in more women into the business. So from a recruiting perspective, how do we actually um, track what percentage of the candidates we're getting in, that we're interviewing, that we're putting through um, are gender diverse, have gender diversity. Um, and then to your point about once women are in the business, it's easy to bring someone in, but if they don't see any other women that are leading teams or that are having any sort of influence in the business, I don't think it's particularly inspiring for them. Welcome to the Jobs for Women podcast, an inclusive jobs and career space for women and non-binary individuals. My name is Zoe Jones. I am your host. I'm a careers coach, life coach, marketer and yoga teacher, and I've worked for some of the biggest corporations in the world. But right now I'm committed to breaking down barriers to change the narrative surrounding gender equality and diversity at work. So whether you're a HR leader or a job seeker looking to dive into a male-dominated industry, this podcast is for you. Each week, we'll have real, open and honest conversations about diversity at work, discrimination, the gender pay gap and everything in between. I'll raise topical debates about women at work, I'll speak to industry leaders and I can't wait to offer some career-related meditation and manifestation extra special bonus podcasts. So watch out for those. I am so happy to have you here. Grab yourself a hot drink and settle down for the Jobs for Women podcast. Okay, so welcome to another episode of the Jobs for Women podcast. I am so excited to welcome a very special guest, Luba Ismakov. Luba is Sales Director EMEA at Samsara and since joining the company nearly five years ago, Luba has developed a wealth of knowledge and expertise in tech sales, a sector where women remain significantly outnumbered. Luba is responsible for sales to a diverse range of fleets and other firms across the region, helping them to increase the safety, efficiency and sustainability of the operations that power our global community. Luba is passionate about promoting gender diversity in the tech industry and heads up Samsara's Global Women of Samsara Employee Resource Group, organizing regular online and in-person initiatives to promote female success in tech sales. She's a strong believer in the power of shared advocacy, finding ways for women to mentor, support and celebrate each other and the importance of cultivating professional self-confidence. One of her current projects is tracking female seniority paths in Samsara to gain clarity on career progression and potential hindrances in order for, to facilitate better pathways for the talented women in her team and beyond. There's so much that I want to ask you about in that in that opening, uh, Luba. But first of all, welcome to the podcast. It's so great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, yeah, so loads of stuff that I want to ask you. Um, I just Because I've just read it out, I just really wanted to just drill into that last section because I feel like we can have conversations about gender equality and we can talk about women in the workplace. But what I love is that you one of your current projects is you're actually track, uh, tracking seniority paths for females in Samsara. So it's kind of like, you know, like when we look at figures and things like that, you're actually looking at the data to facilitate pathways for for you know women is that a new project that you've been working on yeah i mean i th i think it's really just an accountability measure right i think it's easy yeah. to say that a company or an individual we care about certain things like diversity and inclusion i think the challenge is how do we prove that we're actually making progress in these areas and that we're actually you know potentially even making sacrifices in other areas to ensure that we're up leveling in those 
areas of the business. So I think it's it's quite simple from the like the actual funnel perspective. We know that we need to bring in more women into the business. So from a recruiting perspective, how do we actually um, track what percentage of the candidates we're getting in that we're interviewing that we're putting through um, are gender diverse have gender diversity um, and then to your point about once women are in the business it's easy to bring someone in but if they don't see any other women that are leading teams or that are having any sort of influence in the business I don't think it's particularly inspiring for them so we do our best to look at these figures on a quarterly basis to address basically to set goals. So 40% at the people management level should be female. Um, and then if we're not hitting those goals, digging into the why, kind of exploring the, the different avenues to, to make improvements there. That's really exciting. Are you are you like part of the project then? So you'll sit in on those quarterlies and be part of like the voice for women in tech sales? Yeah, I mean, definitely a part of the discussion. I think it really is. It, it's a wide list of individuals. It starts with the recruiting leadership team saying that they agree to these metrics because in, in a way it could slow down their process, but they need to make that commitment that, it, that it's worth it to us. Um, and then secondly, hiring managers. So obviously there's a bunch of people involved in actually making the decision of who comes into the business. We need their commitment, their buy-in, that they're willing to make those decisions as well. Um, and then, yeah, the reflection is actually very public. This is something that our CEO actually presents back at our kickoffs, at our town halls, so that there's a ton of transparency around this. It's not just you know a couple people sitting in a room and discussing. It's how do we actually make this information available to everyone? Because I think there's actually an additional layer of accountability that comes with that. Yeah, and that's great, that transparency as well from CEO level all the way down through the company. Because a, a lot that's coming up when we're doing our webinars at Jobs for Women is that some companies approach it as a tick box exercise. You know, I need to get this yeah. stats, but it's actually doing the doing. And for the CEO to be talking about it, that's fantastic. Um, so we were chatting just before we started recording about Jobs for Women's aim is for to really reach early careers women that I was I was chatting to the Samsara team before we hit record saying that when I chose my university degree I had um, a physical prospectus you know like flicking through a magazine to choose my degree and I feel like now there's so much more out there so much more content for women in the early stages of their career or those choosing a university course um, so we're looking to create like days in the life of to really delve into these incredible careers that are available to women that perhaps they don't know about. So can you talk us through exactly what tech sales is and what do you do? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, I think at that age, you know, whether it's 18, 22, whenever you're graduating from um, high school or university, who really knows what they want to do and who can <laughs> really make that commitment? So I think it's really important that there's a lot of information that uh, early in career folks are aware of what their options are. So Effectively, like tech, tech sales is any sort of technology sales organizations that are focused on bringing a technology to a market. Mm -hmm. um, and that can be a wide array of things. Um, but really, and, and what is important, I think, in, in finding that technology, something that, that matters to you or something that you believe um, has an impact, because whether you're doing um, any part of tech sales, but let's say you're in, in the sales side of it specifically, you have to really believe in the product or the technology in order to be effective. Customers can tell if you, if you don't really care, you don't have that connection to it. So yeah, I think um, CMSR is one example, but there's a wide array of, of companies that are doing different things. I think it's a matter of figuring out what sort of technology is meaningful to you. Um, and then doing your research, I think it's also the responsibility of companies 
for example, the first tech sales job I got was Oracle coming out to our college campuses and actually recruiting um, in very public ways, literally just coming up to, to students on campus and saying, have you heard wow. of tech sales? This is what we do. We train people for eight weeks to get them into or get them to, to build a certain skill set. I think that needs to be more common um, mm. because, yeah, it's not a career path many know about, really. I love that. Is, was that your first taste of tech sales then on campus? It was, yeah. And I had honestly no interest in getting into tech or getting into sales prior. <laughs> so it was kind of fell into my lap and then haven't looked back since. So they did their job and they smashed it on yeah, campus. They succeeded, yes. succeeded, yeah, they <laughs> I love, I love having chats like this because it brings up these, you know, I didn't know that about you. That's that's amazing. And that'll be really inspiring to our listeners and, and viewers. Also, it's good. I, you know, it's just things like that fodder and conversation that I can talk to the universities in the UK about that's really interesting um so yeah so you didn't you didn't really did you have before that happened on campus did you know what you wanted to do what was your what what were you studying yeah so I was actually looking to become a politician so I was studying oh, political wow. science um at UCLA so in the US and I was very passionate about politics I liked the idea of debate and um you know having a cause or something that yeah. i believe in and bringing that to a community um and so when i was approached by at the time oracle and they said have you heard of tech sales it's you know an ability to persuade customers and you know bring technology to a market i kind of thought there's some similarities there maybe not exactly what i had in mind so i gave it a shot went through the process and to be honest i mean i really think and I'm not sure if in the UK it's different. There isn't a ton of education that's really just tech sales um, in, in universities or colleges. It's very much something that people either just fall into or they hear word of mouth. And I think there needs to be more programs that can actually teach the skill sets that um, help people, but specifically women get into the field. Um, so yeah, I had no idea. I'm really happy I kind of lucked into it. And that's why I think it's um, important to approach people early on Yes. when they're still moldable in terms of what, what they're interested <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and for early recruitment um, of, of early careers at Samsara, is there sort of schemes and mentorships and ways to, you know, like you said, there isn't that much at university. There will be, I guess, in the future and we'll see more programs. Is there more in-house, on-the-job type training at Samsara? Yes. So we actually have what we call a sales graduate program. Um, and that is strictly aimed at bringing new graduates into the organization at a business development level, um, teaching them the skills in, in order to get them into that account executive or, or sales role. Um, and it's a very clear path, meaning here's a training that you receive. Here's what the onboarding program looks like. Um, here's a number of months it will take you to demonstrate that you can get into that next role. And I mean, I think it's phenomenal. The leader of that organization is, is a female, so there's probably a lot of inspiration in that. Um, and in terms of mentorship, I and mean, this is something that I think is one of the most important things. I always, mm -hmm. I always say like, when you're not in the room, who is speaking on your behalf? And I think that starts, especially when you're early on in career, it starts with finding people you admire or, you know, and, and not just to put your name out there, but legitimately to, yeah. you know, get build relationships build a network and um, and then develop not just one-off mentorship relationships but consistent more intimate mentorship relationships where you meet on a regular basis where you can actually call that person or reach out to that person when you're having a challenge um, i think that's where true um, social trust is built when you actually have that ongoing 
relationship. So we really try to lean into that, especially for the folks that are really early on and for them, it's their first job. I think that's so important when I think of my early career having like my first one because I, I did a, like a four-year degree with a placement year in London and my manager I worked for a, a film company she was um, I, I now look back and she was like a mentor she guided me she was there when I had my wobbles and she was instrumental in my early career for giving me like the confidence I think it's I think it's really important what you say about having um you know continued chats catch-ups so that because in your early career you know it is all brand new isn't it and you can have wobbles and self-doubt so it's yeah. having that extra person that can help guide you so that's really exciting what samsara are doing so i want to talk a little bit about gender bias obviously you're a massive advocate advocate for um equality in the workplace and just like any other male dominated industry one of the largest bridges that women have to cross that we know about is overcoming bias and stereotypes and we're doing lots of this at jobs for women and this must be really prevalent in sales where people a assume men based on a pre predisposed um, biases or unconscious bias that sales is potentially a, a men's role or they might have um, associations from the media you know like think Wolf of Wall Street um, you know sales is an aggressive environment is that have you faced um, any unconscious or conscious bias in your career when you think right back from the the early days have you ever experienced anything like that where perhaps someone would have assumed you were a guy about to walk into a meeting yeah I mean definitely I think the the one that I share with my teams now is when I first got into sales I was on a team of 10 um, individuals that were all men and I would watch them and I listened to them on the phones and what I would do is I would mimic them on the phones because I was trying to learn and, and do the yeah. job and it didn't land the mm -hmm. the language the approach and I was getting, I'm like, I'm hitting a wall. I feel like everyone's doing the same thing and it's not working for me. And what I learned is that it's the, the their only way to sell is not through a male perspective or through a male lens. Like you have to have, it has to be natural to you. Mm -hmm. um, and the only way to do that is to have obviously, you know, more women that are also representing um, what it means. Mm -hmm. I think in terms of implicit bias, I mean, it can be depending on the culture at the company, it can be a wolf of wall street type of environment i don't i think samsara's just culturally not that way so I, I haven't experienced it there but i've had customers that you know when i get on the phone they'll say get a man on the phone that can actually make the decision oh, and man. i'm like all right i i don't know what he's gonna say that's different but you, you really have to not take it personally um and so that's why i think it's important to have mentors because the first thing yeah. i did when i hung up that phone I called a friend that I work with and I said, hey, I just had this experience. And, you know, she reassured me. It helped me kind of center myself. So I think you shouldn't repress that stuff. It is mm -hmm. absolutely can happen. It can happen in any industry, not just tech, tech sales. Um, I think the more women there are, the less common it becomes. I think the more support we have, the more open we are discussing it, the less yeah. taboo it all feels as well. Yeah, and I love that it's almost like um, when something happens for the first time, it's like when it happens again, you've got an amazing response. I love that that you just said, well, I don't know what a, a man could say differently to me. You know, yeah, you, yeah. you grow, you you almost become accustomed to it. And again, like we keep, we, we talked about this in our Women in Tech webinar, didn't we? This this need for mentors. So yeah, that was great that you had someone that you could call and, and share that experience. But whoa, it is frustrating, isn't it? Getting a man <laughs> on the phone, sure. no thanks, I'm yeah. capable. <laughs> Um, and when you think about 
tech sales because I've been reading, I read your um, Samsara blog that you wrote um, and it was interesting as well, the reading I've done on tech sales that, you know, there's loads of different articles that suggest that the, 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 the skills and attributes needed women have, you know, in, in bucket loads. Um, what sort of skills would you say, again, if we're thinking uh, of people listening to this, thinking, oh, maybe I could do tech sales, what sort of skills do you, would you say that you need to succeed and uh, almost, you know, climb the ladder, become a, a leader in tech sales? Yeah, it's a good question. I think one of the biggest things is resilience, really. Like the example I just gave, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, things like that happen. I mean, often enough, you're picking up the phone and you're calling a lot of strangers that have never heard of you. So I think it's it's just being okay with, you know, that level of rejection, not taking it personally, having the grit to keep moving forward. And that's why believing in your technology or your product makes it so much easier because you have that sense of purpose and impact. Um, so that's one area. I think confidence and and strong communication skills is important as well. And it goes back to, you know, you have to be able to explain the value of something in layman's terms to a wide variety of individuals, um, verticals, et cetera. So I think being very crisp with that is important. Um, And then really it's about having strong listening skills too, because part of the job is in, understanding your buyer, understanding your customer, knowing what's important to them and being able to either tell them, you know what, this doesn't make sense, or here's how we can deliver value for you. So I I think those three things are really critical. And to your point about women, and again, it is stereotypical to say there's feminine and masculine qualities, but in a way, the empathy, the listening skills, the, um, you know, the ability to ask probing questions, that that can be a, a feminine quality so I think there's a lot of similarities and and benefits there yeah interesting and it's 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 interesting what you're saying about it's almost like having that authenticity isn't it if you believe in what you're selling it comes across and also just to go back to your point um you know in your early career when you were sort of like listening to the men on the phone because I've read a lot as well about it's a controversial um topic about women in leadership that's like a whole other podcast that we could record but (laughs) You know whether women doing the right thing if if they're trying to be too masculine they're sort of condemned if they're if they're taking a different kind of approach um it's it's really interesting that you found your own way you listened to them and it didn't land and sit right and it's like finding your voice being authentic um and and that's why it's great that you've been through the, those experiences and you can help the future generations or early careers coming in so if you were to think about the best bits of your job of working in tech sales, what what would they be? Ah, yeah, there's a lot of things. I mean, it's really the people. Like the, the best example I give is when, for example, um, my, my sister and I were working um, from the same house once when we were working from home. At the end of the day, she's like, she's been coding all day and I've been talking to customers, talking to my teams, like running a bunch of different meetings. And she's like, I feel so cooped up. Like, let's go do something. I'm like, I honestly feel a little socially drained because I've been, you know, on, you know, yeah. the, the ongoing discussions. And I love that part of it. It is a very social job. You're constantly interacting and learning from people. You're building connections. And that's very human, right? Like we need that. We learned mm-hmm. that through COVID, that when robbed of that, we are all very sad. So I, I think that's something that I I very much admire. And um yeah, I think the other piece of it from a leadership perspective is I love to to know that 
we can actually make a difference. Like if you're a sales leader or a leader in any part of the organization and you see a problem, you can actually have influence in, in making a difference in that. So if, for example, my team right now, we, we don't have the gender diversity. We're, we're working really hard and that's something we're making it a, a priority. But I love to know that like, I can actually directly influence the, the outcome. Um, and that's why I think having more clear metrics around how many women we need in leadership is really important because yeah. it's naturally going to balance things out. If some, if there's more people thinking about it, waking up in the morning and losing sleep over a specific problem. So yeah, I think those two things are what I love most about the work that I do. Awesome. Um, and I mentioned your blog already. I just wanted to drop in some stats that you talked about. Um, you reported that women make up around 19% of the current tech workforce, with just 5% of tech startups being female-owned. Female-owned, rather. That doesn't surprise me. I've got a friend who is an angel investor in Singapore, and she's champion championing women, um, A, investors, to get women investing in in startups but also she talks to me a lot about um how hard it is for women to get funding for their startups mm -hmm. which again is a whole other podcast so interesting um so yeah it's quite a sad statistic five percent um and women remain outnumbered in b2b sales across most industries 46 percent of women reporting having experienced discrimination in the european tech sector um, so I guess all these stats are, are driving you in your sort of quest and your commitment to to you know women in the tech industry. What do you think companies on a whole could do to in, uh, support employees? One, you know, to retain them once they're in the company in their job. Yeah, I think it's a good question. I think the reality is it goes back to not just saying something is important, but actually taking meaningful actions. Mm -hmm. So, for example you know, a CEO can stand in front of the company and say, we really value gender diversity. But unless you have a plan to either say, and as a result of that, we are, you know, we've increased our representation of women by 10%, something that actually shows the, the work that we're doing, um, or maybe being honest and transparent and saying, here are the gaps. And, you know, we're going to college campuses and recruiting early and career folks so we can help mentor and coach them up within the organization. Whatever we need to do, we need to find a way. And I think, you know, as somebody who's trying to recruit candidates as well for my own teams, I think it is hard to find uh, women that are interested in the tech sales sector. So it's not just a matter of discrimination, which is a part of it. It's also a matter of getting women interested in the field and in the industry. And so yes. I think it's on us as well. I, I don't just put it back and say like, it's the rest of the world. I think it's, it's women um, believing they can be successful and even if there's challenges right like you're gonna have some difficulties with maybe a customer or internally but it's about being vocal about those issues communicating them not being afraid to state if something isn't working for you so yeah i think businesses just need to like really le legitimately take it seriously and start reporting back um publicly whether that's to investors whether it's to um, employees just so that people know that there's meaningful change that's occurring yeah, great points. Really good points. And also what we talked about before, just to jump back, once women are in, it's having the role models. So if I was new in tech sales and you were my manager, then how brilliant is that? That you, you know, you've climbed the ladder, you've been promoted in Samsara and you're, you know, you're doing it um, as a woman in the industry. So more role models, please. I feel like that's coming up a lot as well, especially I know in engineering, that's that's a big one. And the retention rates for women in engineering is 
it's a lot lower than tech so there's yeah lots across the board um that needs yeah. to be done well there's it's it's funny because when you think you talked earlier about implicit bias and it is ironic how we as women could actually be subconsciously biased against other women. Uh -huh. And I did the I did an implicit bias test online. I was very shocked to find that it should my bias was for men as well. Um, and that kind of was eye opening for me. And I went back to all my managers and said, like, we all need to do this test so we can recognize what we're not seeing about ourselves. And it can be counterintuitive. Um, and so I think sometimes women that are successful can also like believe uh, subconsciously in certain things because they've been kind of shown or wired in their career to, to feel like that way. So I think it's really just about being aware of what your own beliefs are. There's nothing wrong with having beliefs. Like we can't always control the input of what's going on around us, but it's about recognition of that and, the, and eliminating that like me bias. Because what ends up happening if most of the organization is made up of men, they're interviewing men and women and they're instantly saying like okay this person reminds me more of me and i connect with them differently and so you're more likely to bring people in that remind you of yourself mm -hmm. and that's how it's perpetuated unless we can kind of intervene and, and yeah. make changes there oh yeah that's an amazing point i'm gonna get offline and do that gender bias test <laughs> everyone needs to do that that is so great. great i'm gonna check that out i love that and i love that you took then the results back to the team and it's like hello guys we need to do this yeah um, so the future, let's talk future of women in tech, um, well, tech sales, if, if future generations or the next generation of women want to break into tech sales, what do you, what's the best advice? Is it, is it uni? Is it learning on the job? What is the best route in? Yeah. I mean, I think it really is person specific. Like I think, I don't necessarily think there's two to four years of skills you need to learn to get into tech sales the majority i would i would say got into tech sales from a very different path whether that's politics or economics or communications or whatnot so i think it's really about i think the, the best approach is really businesses coming to campuses and exposing um early in career women to the possibilities of, of tech sales roles um and then i do think it's a lot of the like learned behavior from you know, from parents, right? If, if our parents are informing us of all of our options, um, not just doctor, lawyer, the stereotypical ones, like what are the other avenues? Uh, then I think that helps a lot. And then I think it is really on people that are already doing it successfully. So sales leaders within existing organizations to tell their networks and kind of spread the word on it. These types of podcasts, blogs, social media, that we live in a world where any information can get very far and wide quickly how do we leverage that and make these topics like very commonplace in yeah. in our environment yeah that's great and what you say it, it, it's almost like working at a grassroots level isn't it it's like if a sales leader who is excelling and, and doing amazing can share with her network who then shares and and it's like seeing the role model yeah because when i think back to when i was choosing my degree my mom and dad are super chilled my mom's a nurse my dad's a civil engineer and it was kind of like what do you want to do zoe I was like, yeah. I don't know, here's a prospectus. But I feel like now there's so much content. And so, yeah, this is why we're really, we want to focus on early careers. We want to do have these conversations with leaders like you. Um, and it's really exciting to hear what Samsara are doing. Um, are you, is, is that blog that you've written, is that like a regular thing that you're going to be doing? Editorial? Yeah, 
Yeah. I intend to, and I think it's it's really, that's one piece, it's getting content out there. The other piece is just getting people together. Um, so being able to actually run in-person events and panel series and podcasts like this, um, recruiting events so that it, it's not just about listening to one person's perspective, it's about bringing all these people in, building community. And I think there's a lot of room to do better at that. One of the things I mentioned in the panel series recently was, I think women could support each other more. There seems to still be a, a resistance or a competitiveness. And um, I think we need to like dismantle that quite a bit. So it starts with that social trust that I mentioned, which is believing that there's room for everyone at the top. There's no saturation of potential and success. And so uplifting one another through that. Um, so yeah, I hope the next year is really just a wide array of, my personal goal is two to three events or um, blogs a quarter so that monthly we're getting new content out there and bringing people together. That's brilliant. That's like you doing your bit, isn't it? Um, and that's really interesting about um, what you said about the women, because part of our mission and our sort of strap line, if you were, is um you know, women, it's women empowering women. It's like we can lift each other up. We can support each other. We can have these open conversations and there is room for everyone more. There's more, more, more. There's space for us all. Yeah. Um, and when we come together, um, it's powerful. Yeah, we're definitely looking at doing more networking as well, especially after COVID. It's nice just to do some in-person yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Luba. Honestly, it was really good. I know you, thank you again for joining us for our Women in Tech, but it was really good just to really get into the detail of um, tech sales, especially for me, you know, I'm not in tech sales. So it's, it's a great learning experience for me. And I think it'll be really helpful to anyone that's interested in, in getting, um, getting into that career. Just before we finish, where do you see your career going? Do you have a plan? Good question. Um, I try not to have a plan yeah. because I really feel like it, it closes you off to possibilities. Um, I, I think your career is also not always one track up. Like sometimes yes. you take lateral moves and explore different opportunities. I see long term uh, my career as being much more about um, consulting other women and, and career coaching. And um, that's a long term plan. Like we're talking 20 years out. I think for now, it's really just building my career at Samsara. I, I don't know. I, I think it's odd five years in because you you think you get bored, but I'm constantly on my toes and then feel like there's so much more to do and to learn. So it's really just to have that impact here. And then, yeah, yeah long term, seeing how we can reach as many people as possible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's great. And I think Samsara has given you those opportunities. It, it's, it, yeah. it, it seems like a fantastic company. Um, I also think you would be an amazing coach. So yeah, <laughs> for the future. Thanks. Thank you so much for giving us of your course. time. I know you're so busy. It was a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. That was fantastic to have Luba on the podcast. I hope, really hope you enjoyed um, our chat today. I thought it was really interesting how Luba came into the world of tech sales. And I particularly loved how companies went onto her college campus because I feel like there's less and less of that happening now. Obviously, we had COVID, but how important is it to 
really reach out and connect with um, the people that you want to work in your organization. So I really loved that story. And that's really pertinent to what we're doing at Jobs for Women. This year is all about really focusing on building our community of women and particularly looking at the early careers bracket. We launched our careers and wellbeing platform in summer date to be decided but we're really excited we're bringing industry experts in careers confidence life coach leadership as well as wellness yoga meditation mindfulness and we are really excited to give back in that we are going to be offering our platform for free for six to 16 to 19 year olds women and we're already speaking to colleges across the uk about that so that's really exciting um and really topical to what luba was saying the other elements that I love that she talked about was accountability and transparency from companies. So it's kind of like instead of just ticking a box, DEI box, you know, actually looking at what ways they're doing to increase their gender diversity, uh, what worked, what didn't work, looking at the figures, reviewing it quarterly. And if it's not working, really recognizing, like Luba said, what the gaps are and how companies can eradicate those gaps. Um, so yes, yeah, still, I mean, I could have talked to Luba for hours more, um, but as always, we have to eventually cut short. If you've got any questions or you want to reach out to Luba, please um, do find her on LinkedIn. I'll drop her details in the show notes. If you want to recruit more women in your recruitment, then head to jobsforwomen.co.uk. If you want to request to come on the podcast or submit a referral for a guest, you can head to jobsforwomen.co.uk slash podcast. And that's it for another week. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, any questions, reach out to me, connect with me on LinkedIn. I am always happy to hear from you. Look after yourselves, take care, and I'll see you next time.